0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. It's not really just about money. Our, our focus today is really about generosity. Not just money per se, but money is so important. And generosity is the habit that God calls us to to resist the hold of money on our hearts. And so this continues in our series as we've been going through the season of Lent leading up to Easter of heart habits for real change. What are the habits that God forms in our hearts that he uses to bring about real change in our lives? And generosity is a very important one of those habits because the Bible actually has a lot to say about money. It's one of the more frequently discussed topics throughout the whole Bible, including by Jesus himself. So we're only going to see a small selection of that this morning, or I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus addresses it directly. Uh, I'll reference a few other scriptures as we go, but this is only a small part of all that God has to say about the topic of money and generosity. So let's hear God's heart and what God's heart for our hearts is as we read from Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 to 34. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness! No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would speak to us now through your word by the power of your Holy Spirit, that this word would not merely be information for our heads, but transformation for our hearts as you show us what you have for us this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, as I think many of you know, um, I love the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis um, because they are great tales of adventure and great tales that, that have much to, share, to tell us about the truth of life. One of my favorites is the, the story of the horse and his boy, the fifth book in the series, in which the boy Shasta is growing up as the, he grows up as a servant boy with a father who's a fisherman, and he comes to realize that this man, this fisherman, who is cruel to him and treats him badly, is not really his true father at all. In fact, this fisherman recovered him from a shipwreck, and Shasta realizes that he does not belong in the land of Kalaman. He does not belong with the fisherman Arshish. Instead, he belongs in the north. And a, and then a you know it's a fantasy. The, then the talking horse comes by. Um, Uh, the talking horse who has also been stolen away from the land of the north. And the boy, Shasta, and the horse breed together. They join together to make their escape to the north. And so they're going as runaways, just trying to make their way through because they know that they belong somewhere else. But when Shasta finally arrives in the north after all the adventures that he's had, he discovers that he is not simply a runaway who has been stolen from the north, who has come back to the land where he belongs. But Shasta is in fact a prince. He is the son of the king of Arkanland. And he is a prince who was kidnapped long, long ago and has now returned to his kingdom and his inheritance to become king. And so it's a beautiful story of return and a beautiful story of unexpected glory. For a poor humble boy whom we've grown to love throughout the story for his perseverance and his struggles and then we discover that all along he was a king and so when we look at the bible and what the bible teaches about money even here in in Matthew chapter 6 specifically what we have to see underneath all of this is the truth that God has given us an eternal inheritance we think about money and what it does for us and what it gets for us, we have to remember that we have an eternal inheritance from God. And that all of us, like Shasta, as we make our way through this world using the tools that God has given us here, the money, the things of this world, ultimately we are princes and princesses, sons and daughters of God. We are not slaves, we are not mere servants, but we are sons and daughters of God. We have an eternal inheritance. And so when we realize that we are sons and daughters of the king of the whole universe, that we have all the possible resources we could need, then that frees us to use our money rightly, to use our money for those heavenly treasures that Jesus talks about here. When he says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. This is back at the beginning, chapter 6, verse 19, where moth and rust destroy, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. He's calling us to put our focus on our eternal inheritance. To not worry about the things that we have right now, the things that we need right now, but to focus on the eternal inheritance and to focus on things of eternal value. But this is hard for us. And what is the sign of our struggles with money? What is the primary sign of our struggles to realize our eternal inheritance, our eternal security that Jesus has purchased for us, that Jesus has made us in part of his family? The sign of it is anxiety. That's one of the primary signs of our struggles with money. And that's why Jesus follows up immediately his discussion of money and laying up treasures in heaven with a discussion of do not be anxious. He says it in verse 25, therefore I tell you, because of what I have just said about money, you cannot serve both God and money, so do not be anxious. Why do we not need to be anxious? Because your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Our Father knows that we need all these things. He will take care of us because he has given us an eternal inheritance. Because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, as the Bible says elsewhere. Because God has all the wealth in the world, he will care for us. And so we can use our money to focus on these heavenly treasures. But it's hard. The money is tangible. It's right in front of us. The stuff is tangible and right in front of us. The heavenly treasures, the relationships with people, the service to people, The witnessing to people, the sharing God's love with people, the acts of unseen service and countless nights of prayer and suffering. Those are intangible, hard to see, hard to grasp. The money and the houses and the cars, much more tangible. So it's a struggle for us. So how do we practically work this out? If we know that this is what we're called to, like Shasta, we have a sense that this world that we see in front of us is not all there is. We're not quite in the right place. The money, the cars, the houses, the food, it's not quite right. It doesn't feel right. But how do we come to really realize the depth of who we are? The reality that we are sons and daughters of the king and that we are headed towards an eternal inheritance. I'd offer you three, three ways that we can work on this following the pattern we've been seeing throughout this series. One that we know, one that we feel, and one that we choose. So first, we have to know the dangers of money. We have to know it. Second, we have to feel the love, the care of our Heavenly Father. And third, we have to choose habits of generosity. So first, what we know. We have to know the dangers of money. As Jesus says here, he had, I mean, these are, these are strong, strong words in these first couple verses from jesus first we have to know the fleetingness of money right do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal you have to just we have to come to terms with how fleeting money really is suzanne and i were discussing different potential potential investments last night if we have some money um you know, we, we, what could we do to take some of our money to make it into more money? These are good questions. There's nothing wrong with investing your money. There's nothing wrong with making wise decisions. This is a good and thing that, that the Bible itself commends to use your money wisely. And so, you know, there's different ways you can invest money. You can invest it in the stock market. And in recent years, the stock market has just gone up like crazy. It's a, it seems like a great investment. But we also know that that's fleeting that when the stock market goes down, billions and billions of dollars just disappear in a flash and may or may not return, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. We also talked about houses. Could we buy a house and rent it out as a rental property? Real estate seems like a great investment. House prices too have been going up and up and up. And yet, as many people found out about a dozen years ago, House prices do not always just go up and up. Sometimes they go down. Sometimes houses fall apart. We had a beautiful house in Atlanta. It had a cracked foundation. It was falling (laughs) and cracking. And so all these places where we can invest in treasures on earth. Again, I'm not not giving investment advice here, saying you shouldn't invest. But, But we do need to keep the perspective that all the treasures we lay up on earth Are fleeting and temporary and in danger. So that's one aspect of the danger of money that the money we lay up cannot possibly be fully secure. There is no way to make that so on earth. But the other danger that Jesus points out here is the pull that money has on our hearts. He says that no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Money is a wonderful servant for you, but it is a terrible master. And so we must choose to have God as our master and let money be our servant. Because when we let money become our master, when our lives revolve around how can we get more money, Do I have enough money? Then it just sucks us in further and further. And so we go from making wise decisions of investment, prudential decisions, doing good things with money, to being close-fisted with our money, not willing to share with those in need. And then sometimes when the money gets, we worry about, do I have enough? Am I going to have enough for this? We see expenses on the horizon. Five children for us, we see college tuition, lots of it. We see retirement. Will we have enough money to retire? And we see these things and we talk to finance and we're like, it can't work. And so we try to grab more and more and hold on to more and more. And it can never be enough to be sure. So we have to realize this hold that money has on us. And so the application for us is we, we simply have to consider with clear eyes the danger of money. And as we consider our lives and how we use our money, how we use our possessions, not just how we use them, but how we think of them, are we being clear-eyed about the danger, about the fleeting nature of wealth, about the pull that it has on our hearts, the temptation to just go, go, go and get, get, get. Sometimes even the temptations to shade the truth, to, cheat, to, to, not, to not tell the full truth on the taxes so that we can keep a little bit more back or whatever it may be, it can go down very, very quickly. So we have to be clear-eyed about the dangers of money. But this is not just a warning and and a call say, hey, shape up, shape up. Because here, as always with Jesus, there is good and comforting news. And this is where Jesus tells us that the antidote to the dangers of money is that we have to feel the care of our Heavenly Father. After the money, he goes into the, the, the symptom of anxiety, right? The warning about the dangers of money, and then the symptom of the anxiety. And he points to the lilies of the field, and the birds of the air, and how God cares for them. And then he says, the Gentile." so then he says, verse 30, 31, therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your Heavenly Father knows that you need them all. We cannot miss the care of our Heavenly Father. That when it says, do not be anxious, saying what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear, God, Jesus is not simply saying, oh you don't need these things. You don't need the physical things of the earth. He's not rejecting the physicality of our bodies, our need for clothing and food, shelter, He's not even rejecting the beauty and the ways we use our money to create beauty and enjoyment and pleasure. He's saying your Heavenly Father knows these things. Your Father knows. Your Father cares. In verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. If we put things in the proper priorities, and we know the care of our father for us the care of our father It says in Romans if God did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how much more will he not also give us all things we know that Jesus died for us we know that ultimate expression of care that he has saved us from our sins that he has given us eternal life so of course if he can do that, if he has done that, he can take care of our clothes and our cars and our houses and our food. If we seek first him and his kingdom. So what, what does it look like to pursue that in our lives? We have, as we we've talked about this over and over throughout this series and throughout all of our time as we read God's word, we have to pursue relationship with God. We have to pursue this not as a series of rules not as a series simply of precepts but as a relationship and we talk about this all the time because it is so important that the key to this habit the key to a right view of money as with all the others is a relationship with God and we pursue that through prayer we pursue that through reading his word we pursue that through fellowship with one another we pursue that through corporate worship Through the means of grace, through becoming members of a church, through joining together, we pursue not just a set of rules or precepts, but a relationship with the heavenly Father who knows all things. My children, whenever whenever they get money, they want to spend it. It burns a hole in their pocket. They recently received uh, some belated Christmas presents uh, and, and they immediately, they were Amazon gift cards, and they immediately jumped on Amazon And they jumped on Amazon to spend them, to buy things. What can we buy? What games can we buy? What Legos can we buy? And this is not an act of greed. This is an act of wonder and joy of life. Why can they do this? Why can they go and spend on what they want? Why not hold that for buying? You can buy food on Amazon. You can buy toiletries on Amazon. You can buy all kinds of things. Why will they spend it in joy and excitement? Because they don't have to worry about food and toiletries and clothes. Because their parents take care of those things. So they can take their money and they can spend it freely, enjoy. They can give it freely to others. My children are also very generous with their money to share with other people who need it. Oh, you need a little bit more for what you want? Here, we'll get it together. We'll share. Because they know the love and care of their parents. And so we need to know that love to feel the care of our Heavenly Father. And then, once we know the dangers of money, once we feel the care of our Heavenly Father, we can choose habits of generosity. Because these habits are important. They follow on to the knowledge and the care, follow after that logically, but the habits also shape our hearts. And the habits also create our feeling of dependence and trust and enhance the feeling of the care of our father. So this is why the Bible commands us in Corinthians. Paul tells in in the letter to the Corinthians, Paul tells the church, when you come together on the first day of the week, set aside some money, set it aside, make a decision to set that aside for the care of the saints in Jerusalem. He even goes so far in Malachi to say, test me in this. The only place in the Bible where God invites his people to test him. He says, test me in this, bring the full tithe into the storehouse and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and provide you with all that you need. Because these habits of generosity, where we give money to God in our offerings, where we give money to other people who are in need, these habits follow from the knowledge of the dangers, from the knowledge of our inheritance. They follow from the feelings of God's care for us, but they also shape those things. As we make commitments to give away our money off the top, to give away our money to other people even when we're not quite sure that we're gonna have enough for ourselves, then we find ourselves falling at the feet of our Father and trusting in Him. And we are sustained in that relationship with Him. We are reminded as we give away our money that we are putting away the hold of money on our hearts. We are reminded as we give our money that we have an inheritance in heaven that will be worth far more than any money on earth. So the question for each of us this morning is what habit of generosity do we need to embrace? Throughout really the whole history of the church and throughout uh, the history of God's people, the, uh, the tithe has been set forward to give 10% of your income as an offering to God. As many have noted, as I think I've noted before, this tithe is not explicitly commanded as a rule in the New Testament. It was commanded as a law in the Old Testament, but not in the New Testament. Instead, in the New Testament, there seems to be freedom to give as much as you can, to give all. We saw in the book of Acts that people would go out and buy fields or sell fields that they owned and lay all the money, before the apostles, that they had all things in common. And yet throughout the history of the church, the tithe has been a good habit. Like all the habits that we practice as a church family, it's a good habit to take 10% of your income. For me, it's easiest to just do it simply. When you get whatever kind of paycheck you get, whether it's weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, take 10%, give it away. Maybe you're at a place where you can do that, where you can just say, I can give 10% to the church right now. And then I can give more to other causes. Maybe you're not there yet. God is a caring heavenly father. He is not standing there as a taskmaster, checking off the account balance. He knows where you are. My pastor in St. Louis used to say, you can't give what you don't have. God knows that. He understands that. But he calls each of us to consider where we are. Maybe right now you're not really giving anything. Say, all right, I'm going to start by giving 1%. Every time I get a check, I'm going to take 1% and give it to the church. And then I'm going to take another percent, and I'm going to look for something else to give it to. Maybe when I get some special uh, money comes in, stimulus payments, tax refunds, whatever else they may be, to take 10% of that. In our family, we give of our income directly to the church, but we usually take 10% of those other things and we give it to other people sometimes to organizations, missionaries, others, sometimes just directly to people in need. Sometimes we tell them, sometimes we don't tell them. Um, And it is a good habit for ourselves to say, we have been given, we will give away. And so I can't tell you exactly what habit God is calling you to this morning, but I can tell you that he's calling you to habits of generosity, to release the hold of money on your life, to give of all that he has blessed you with, to give to his church for the work of the church, for the sharing of the gospel throughout the world, and to give to individuals as they have needs. Because this is how we embrace who we really are. So we remember that we, like Shasta, are on this hard journey. Sometimes we don't always have what we think we need. Sometimes we're not sure where we're going. Sometimes we forget who we really are. But we are headed towards a place where we are sons and daughters of the king who has all things. And so we can focus our eyes, focus our hearts, and we can use all of our earthly resources to seek those heavenly treasures. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for this day. We thank you that you do own the cattle on a thousand hills. We thank you that you are a heavenly Father that care for us and that you will give us all things. So we pray now that as we reflect on this word the rest of this day and in the week to come, that you would show us your care for us, that you would show us what habits we can adopt to remind ourselves of your care, to contribute to your kingdom, to seek those heavenly treasures. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.